0: with Mad About Miniatures. This week, we talked to Kathy Miller Vaughn. Kathy's life changed forever as a result of a three-day job as a teenager at a miniature show and her ensuing mentorship with miniaturist Pat Bowder. It's a good reminder that while we may not be able to change the whole world, we can change one person's world. Let's go talk to Kathy. Hello, Kathy. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Becky. Thank you for having me. Of course! Well, I want to tell the audience a little bit about you. You're very immersed in the miniature world. You are the owner of Bowder Pines, and that's a miniature company that sells on Etsy and other places. As well, you are the new owner of the Lancaster Miniature Show and the three-day Philadelphia Miniaturia Show. Yes, I am. That is a lot of miniature connections. It really
1: is, but it's a lot of fun.
0: This is what I find so fascinating. All of this started about 30 years ago from a weekend job helping someone out at the Philadelphia show.
1: Yes, I helped Pat Bowder for a weekend, three days as a teenager. She asked me if I wanted to make some extra money. And of course, I said, yes, what teenager doesn't want extra money? So she told me to pack up a few dress outfits and she would show me what to do all weekend. So I did. And I went and I discovered this new world of miniatures and was blown away by it. And had you really been exposed to or seen miniatures before? When I was a child, I had received smaller home and garden sets, which is made or were made by Tommy, I believe. Okay. So in the early 80s, they were these little plastic sets, and I did love them. I had all of them. And now as an adult, I've actually started collecting them again. So of course, I'm trying to relive my childhood. So what do you do with the Tommy
0: sets? Because they must be very different than the other things you have.
1: So those are actually still in their original boxes, and I can't bring myself to take them out of the boxes.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like the owner of a really expensive Barbie doll. Your guilty pleasure. Yes, absolutely.
1: So after this weekend, you continue to do work for Pat? After high school was when I started working part-time for Bowder Pine, working on Philadelphia Miniaturia. But it was really Bowder Pine that I was doing because I loved packing the orders and talking to the other shops on the phone, talking to customers, figuring out what they needed. I really enjoyed that aspect of it.
0: That's so interesting. And you actually told me that when you first went to the show, you were also working another retail job. And there was a real contrast between the people at the
1: show and your other retail job. Can you tell us a little bit about that? There really was. And as people understand nowadays, working in retail as a teenager is kind of rough. You, you learn how to grow thick skin real quick. But then going to Philadelphia Miniaturia and working there for the weekend was completely different. People were so kind and knowledgeable and willing to share this knowledge with you. They would show you how they made things. Right. The people were very kind and just nice. (laughs) They were nice. And I thought, this is really kind of cool. I could definitely get into this. Well, it's interesting, and I
0: hope that the miniature community isn't getting tired of me telling them how kind they are all, because that is a theme (laughs) of mine. But it just strikes me in so many different ways, and this is a completely different community 30 years ago, not on Instagram. So there's really something to this miniatures are kind. I just find that fascinating.
1: Yes. Part of my base of doing this show is to keep it kind. We're all in this together, and we're all just sharing our creativity and our knowledge of this wonderful industry that is a great escape from real life.
0: It is. So you're working at Bowder Pines, and you learned bookkeeping? You learned customer service? You learned everything?
1: I did, and bookkeeping is Really, I really enjoyed that for as weird as it sounds.
0: That is a little strange.
1: Oh, I know it's strange. I'm a math nerd. <laughs> I accept it. It's all me. But I did. I, I found the bookkeeping part of it to be rather simple. And so Pat let me do all the books and she would let me keep track of everything. And so this eventually led to me getting a full-time job as a bookkeeper for an electrical contractor. And that's still what I do to this day. So Pat really taught you like everything you needed to know in business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I have to ask myself, all right, what would Pat do in this situation?
0: It's so wonderful that you had such an important mentor like that. You know, I'm not sure that every teen does.
1: No, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. And it was just by chance that it all happened. And her, her family as well has been so kind to me. And so you kept working with her for quite a while. Yes, um, I worked for her and with her up until 2006, 2007 when she got sick.
0: I was so sorry to hear about that. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that
1: with us? Sure. So in 2006, she was diagnosed with GBM, which is a form of brain cancer. And she had passed away in April of 2017. I'm still not completely over it because she was just like my mom. (laughs) She was my mom. In fact, we went to shows so often that people assumed that she was my mom. After she had passed away, people would tell me how sorry they were that my mom had passed away. And what an amazing compliment because... She was truly the best mom I could have ever had. That's amazing. And the
0: thing that really touched me is you asked what you could do for her when this diagnosis
1: happened. And tell us what she said. Oh, yes. So in early October of 2006, when she was diagnosed, I was sitting in the room with her and and I asked her, I said, well, what what are we going to do for these next six months she said i want to see you and kenny get married i said i don't i don't know how we're gonna swing that i i just don't see how that's gonna work and she said well why don't you get married at the philadelphia miniaturia and i thought i wow that's that's big that that is huge i mean has anyone ever gotten married at a miniature show before I don't think so. I know there was a couple that got married a few years after us at a miniature show, but I don't think it happened before us. So Pat and I started planning and then I still had to come home and inform my husband that Pat and I were planning this. (laughs) That is something I would have been a little nervous about. I was, but we decided that it probably was the right thing to do and the timing was right. Why not? why not? Neither one of us really wanted a big wedding or anything. We didn't really want to have to do all that planning. And we thought, well, let's do it. So the miniature people didn't know that this was going to (laughs) happen at the Saturday night party. Oh my gosh. So we had invited our family and our friends and all these people started showing up and the miniature people are looking at our family and friends. Like, who are these people? And then our family and friends are looking at these other people going, oh, wait, there's a miniature show here this weekend that Kathy does. You hadn't told them? No. (laughs) Uh, So how many family
0: members and friends did you did you invite?
1: Because it was such short notice, because it only had we had to plan it in a month. We just invited anybody and we told them no gift. Don't bring us anything. Just be there if you want to be there. And if you can be there, great. If you can't make it, we completely understand, and it's not a life or death situation. Life goes on. So we probably had probably 200 people in this little room. <laughs> so
0: maybe half miniaturist, half family? Yeah, maybe half and half. So for someone who didn't want a big wedding, like I consider 200 to be, <laughs> you know, on the larger side.
1: But... We also did not require people to get dressed up. Like we we truly said, if you just want to wear jeans and a t-shirt, we're okay with that because we're not those kind of people. So a lot of people did. A lot of people just kind of showed up how they were and that was fine.
0: Wow. And what about you? What would you wear?
1: I wore an ivory dress with black and it had like a black overlay It's actually in a magazine in one of the miniature magazines from the spring of 2007. I can't remember which one now.
0: We'll have to dig it up.
1: Yeah, maybe Miniature Collector. They had actually written an article and then there's a picture of Pat and I in there, which was just surreal. Yes. And did you have a cake there? Well, we had a cake and there was a DJ and we had a minister who married us. The cake, actually, the cake is kind of a funny story. The hotel just kind of said, here, here's a cake. And we said, "Okay, that's good. They said, what do you want written on it? I said, it doesn't matter. Just leave it plain. It's just a cake. And so the cake was so large that the next morning, Sunday morning at the miniature show, I was sitting at the registration table handing out pieces of cake to people as they were walking in the show. Wow. <laughs> because we didn't, it was just gonna go to waste. And I thought, well, what am I gonna do with all this? So as people were walking in, they're getting a piece of cake and they're saying, what is this for? And I said, oh, this is part of my wedding cake from last night. Here you go. You what? Wait, there was a wedding here last night? You wait? You what? <laughs> I'm trying to
0: think how I would feel. If I was at a miniature show party on Saturday night and somebody got married, I'm just, I'm just trying to put, wrap my head around that. And I'm not sure I can really.
1: A lot of people for a long time thought it was fake. And my marriage license says it was real. <laughs> like performance art. Yes. <laughs> they thought
0: it was performance art. That's priceless. And obviously it was real and it worked because how long have you been married
1: now? 15 years in November. And there's still always, 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 always this group of people who were at the wedding. And every year at the Philly show, they always wish me a happy anniversary. And it always makes me smile because I think you don't have to remember that. But that is that's fascinating. And I love it. And I'm so flattered that they remember every single year.
0: Well, I think that is very sweet, but I can assure you that if I had been at your wedding, I would never, ever have forgotten it. So kind of hard for you and your husband to have much of an anniversary celebration on that day, though, because you're working the show, right?
1: Exactly. So we never go anywhere for our anniversary. Our anniversary is always spent preparing for Philadelphia Miniaturia.
0: (laughs) That is amazing. That is quite the story
1: great actually because it combined my two loves of my life and that weekend is that is now really always my favorite weekend because it was the weekend i was married and it is the philadelphia miniaturia and i just really enjoy it and he comes down and helps us unload the car on friday morning and um there's always these group of people who will run up to him kenny happy anniversary this is your weekend and he's like yep and i go home My wife stays here.
0: (laughs) I'm totally finding him and wishing him a happy anniversary. (laughs) Even though I wasn't at the wedding, I'm going to do that. So, I mean, you have really immersed your life into miniatures in a way that's quite unique. Yes, I suppose you could say that. (laughs) I suppose I could. So, tell me. A little bit about Philadelphia, Manchuria. I I understand that you just in the past year or two became the new owner.
1: Yes. I officially took over the show in December of 2019. Wow. Completely gung-ho about the 2020 show. and We were going to have a great show and I was going to get everybody on board and that just didn't happen.
0: So, I would have to say that you had spectacularly bad luck in timing,
1: yes, and it's okay though, because to what I have been saying to myself for the past two years is this is the worst that's ever gonna be. It's never gonna be this bad again this is this is the beginning of an uphill climb, and it's always the beginning that's the worst part of it all.
0: that is a wonderful attitude, you know there's nowhere but up. Exactly. So you must have also spent quite a bit of time wondering, could you have it? Could you not have it? A lot.
1: A lot of time and energy I had going back and forth just to see if we were going to have it. A lot more time and energy than I should have put into that. But I didn't know at the time. And I actually started to get better with it as time went on because I thought, well, I'm not going to make a decision this month. I'm going to let Philadelphia the state of Pennsylvania make that decision. And then when they did make the decision to close everything down until the new year, that was the decision that needed to be made and I wasn't going to go against the state of Pennsylvania.
0: But that's the past. That was yep. then. This is now. Yep. The show is scheduled for November. Remind me of the actual days again. November 5th, 6th and 7th. And it's it's being held, right? We're all gung-ho. We're going forward with it.
1: Yes, we are all in. The state of New Jersey is slowly lifting restrictions, which is wonderful. So we're hoping by the fall, or even by August or September, that things will be okay.
0: You know, and I think in a way it might be great timing. Broadway is supposed to open in September. And surely... If they can open all of New York and all of Broadway, surely we can have a miniature show.
1: I do hope so, because I am putting all my eggs in this basket. <laughs> well,
0: and I i think I've already announced this, but I'll announce again to my listeners. I am going. I'm all in, too.
1: Yay! <laughs> and, and I hope that
0: I'll start hearing from even more people. I've already heard from quite a few that are going, too, because... I'd love to meet my Instagram friends in Philadelphia.
1: Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. You guys need like your own little pins or something to identify yourselves.
0: You know, that's really an interesting (laughs) point because I have (laughs) thought about that. I'll give you a little scoop. I'm thinking of maybe wearing a little uh, Mad About Miniatures pin for people. Or maybe nice. passing out little, uh, little Mad About Miniature mugs if, to give people an incentive to track me down. Or maybe little pins with my dog, Ziggy, who's a little more popular than I am on my Instagram <laughs> and much more photogenic.
1: <laughs> That's a great idea, though. That's great.
0: We will definitely all find a way to find each other. So I'm excited. So I've never been to one. I've been to quite a few miniature museums. My Instagram is full of it,
1: but I've never been to a show.
0: Can you walk me through it a little bit?
1: Well, it actually, our festivities start on Tuesday with workshops. Some of our dealers go ahead and teach workshops where you can learn how to make what they make. We have, oh my goodness, there you can learn how to solder and miniature. You can learn how to make a quarter inch scale house. You can learn how to make birdhouses. We have everything listed on our website. But so the workshops go from Tuesday to Thursday. And then Thursday night, we have an event called Name Night, which is National Association of Miniature Enthusiasts. So it's Name Night, Thursday night. You do not have to be a member of NAME You just need to show up. And some of the members will go ahead and they'll have little round tables where you can make real quick kits. You can talk to people. It's a little social gathering to kind of warm you up for the weekend. Oh, that sounds really fun. It is actually fun because it's a little bit of downtime before craziness.
0: (laughs) And then Friday night is preview night.
1: Friday night is preview night. It starts at 6. There is nothing like it. If you've never been to a miniature show, I'm not quite sure how to explain the vibe you get being surrounded by so many other miniaturists and so much other creativity and knowledge.
0: And I'll just put in a plug for you. The preview ticket is only
1: $25. And then this name badge will also get you in an hour early on Saturday morning before the general public That way, when you are falling asleep Friday night thinking, oh my gosh, I forgot to grab that chair that I really wanted, you can go in early on Saturday and go grab that chair that you needed. I am almost
0: sure to be thinking something like that. Because what happens is you get so overstimulated and we understand that. Now, for those of you who've never been to a show, I actually haven't been to a miniature show, but I have been to a big retail show where I did some fashion buying in Javits in New York. And one piece of advice that I will give you is give yourself about four times more time than you think you'll need.
1: <laughs> exactly. Am I right?
0: Yes. <laughs> now, you, you were saying that you could have as many as 80 or 90 vendors?
1: Yes. We are hoping to hit about 90 vendors. Right now, we are at 70, 75.
0: That's good.
1: Yeah, so we are hoping to hit about 90, maybe a little bit more if I can squeeze them in. We'll see.
0: I think you'll get that because I think things are moving fast in that direction. And tell me, is it all Victorian? Is it all furniture or food? Is it just everything? Give me some descriptions.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so much. So mostly three scales, which is one inch, half inch and quarter inch. But of course, there's even smaller than that. If you're looking for a dollhouse for your dollhouse, there are so many different types of styles. There's Victorian, there's Craftsman's, there's Shabby Chic, there's Farmhouse, there's Modern. The Modern is fabulous. There's everything you think you didn't need for your dollhouse or for your room setting will be there. Excellent. There's lighting, there's accessories, there's wallpapers, there's furniture, there's kits for everything, there's paintings, pictures. You can get your pet done so that your pet can be in your little dollhouse. Yay! (laughs) We have Christmas trees, Christmas wreaths for your front door, because you do need to decorate for the holidays.
0: Absolutely you do. That is a must. That is a must at Flair House
1: food selection is amazing. I don't know how they make this food look so realistic. I have tried a few times and that is just not my thing. (laughs) So I will be purchasing my food, not making it.
0: I have tried and I will keep trying, but I will also keep purchasing. I am convinced there is a little fairy magic or something in
1: there. There really is. I just don't get it. I don't think I have the patience for that. I'll stick with kits. You and your
0: husband do make kits from Bowder
1: Yes. So we design and cut our own half-inch scale kits, and we really enjoy it. We we like the math behind it.
0: <laughs> That's what you were telling me. You were telling me if you're one 30-second off, you start over again,
1: and I admire that. Yes, we really do. Our friends think we are crazy when we sit here talking in 3.30 seconds and 5.30 seconds, but it's okay. We know, we understand it, we accept it. Well... They don't get it. I'm sure
0: they're fine people.
1: (laughs) Otherwise. (laughs) Otherwise. Other than
0: that, a glaring flaw. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, it sounds like it's going to be fantastic. In the past, you said you've had as many as like 1,000, 1,200 people.
1: Yes, come through in one weekend. Yes. It's pretty crazy. And we're hoping to get it back up there again people who might not be as serious about it, but may have dabbled in it. I imagine we'll have a lot of them this year due to COVID and how a lot of people have picked up on the dollhouse hobby in the past year or so.
0: Have you witnessed firsthand the explosion of miniatures? Oh
1: my gosh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And seeing people's creativity has been amazing. I love seeing that, that you and I see the same kit but what you've made is completely different than what I've made, but they're both really neat. So I really enjoy that aspect of it, that everyone's imagination is just a little bit different, but it's all amazing.
0: It is. I'm blown away virtually every day when I go to Instagram and see the creations. I mean, it's just, the talent runs so deep in this
1: community. I know, it's crazy.
0: It really is. Now you had told me that you've seen a real trend to more haunted houses, not just at Halloween, but
1: sort of scary houses all year round. Yes, a lot of people have started decorating their dollhouses, not necessarily in Victorian, but more of this worn down haunted house, kind of almost an abandoned house, which I actually love because I love seeing the weathering. That happens when the wallpaper is a little torn or the flooring board, the floorboards are a little warped or anything. I really find it to be just different because all these years that I've been doing this, everything has always been perfect. And now there's this change to where weathered and broken and just not perfect is the way to go. And I like it because it hides all my mistakes.
0: I know. It is a real change. I have seen that too in so many. And, you know, for me, I'm ambivalent because I remember Shabby chic sort of came in on one of its reiterations when I was raising my two boys. And the idea of distressing something on purpose when you're already raising two boys, (laughs) it was very difficult for me. (laughs) I would say to people, thank you, we'll do our own distressing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I don't need your help. You know, I I don't need things more distressed than that.
1: Oh, that's so funny.
0: (laughs) So that's a little bit of my issue. On the other hand, I do applaud anything that hides my mistakes.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs)
0: Anything, you know, and, you know, putting a plant in front of things (laughs) does have its (laughs) limits. (laughs)
1: Yes, a good plant can go a long way.
0: It can, it can. And I do find that there are so many people who do really beautiful work in this texturing and revealing layers. I mean, I've I've really been impressed by that.
1: Yes, I didn't understand how much work was involved with that until I tried it myself and I thought, wow, there's a reason why they charge that much for that much. Because there's a lot of labor involved in that. It's more expensive to make it look distressed. Exactly. <laughs> because it is a lot of work. I mean, it
0: really is. I've seen people who said they put 40 coats on. It's amazing. It's amazing. So that's one trend you've seen and you've seen more modern furniture of course.
1: Yes, and it's it's crazy to see it cuz it's it looks so simple. It looks like, "Oh, it's just a few pieces of wood and metal." put together but it's really not it's really not and the the thought and the process that goes into that as well into making it as perfect as it is is very very labor intensive and i appreciate those people as well
0: oh i do too my husband and i play a little game on our, my instagram and i'll show him pictures and i'll say is it real or is it miniature
1: I love that game. That's one of my personal favorites. And a lot of times telling a miniaturist that you thought it was real life is the largest compliment you could ever give them.
0: It really is. But yes, I think that is a big compliment. And there are some beautiful modern pieces that, like you said, are simple but just elegant in their design. Yes. And then there's people like me who just love color and
1: pattern and more color and pattern. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Right. As my husband always says, it's your dollhouse, girl. You do what you want with it. Exactly. And on that note, I want to clue our listeners into a little discussion you and I were having beforehand. You reminded me that there are some great dollhouse scenes in the TV show Friends. Can you share that with us?
1: There is. So uh, Monica gets a dollhouse and she's all excited because it's all perfect and She wants to show you her new china cabinet. And Phoebe's like, oh, this is great. We're going to play with a dollhouse. So she brings all these ridiculous things that don't even go in a dollhouse. Like a dinosaur. Yes. (laughs) And like the dog that is big enough to be the house. And Monica says, those things aren't for this dollhouse. She thought, well, fine. I'm going to go make my own dollhouse. So she did out of cardboard and she made a candy room that's all edible and there were bubbles coming out of the top of this and there was no steps. There was just the slide and everybody was like, wow, this is so cool. Which it doesn't matter what your house looks like as long as you enjoy it is the whole purpose of it. It doesn't there's no rules here. You do whatever you want to do. I couldn't agree more.
0: And I also find that, you know, I enjoy people's style houses that are very different from my own.
1: Exactly. It's just appreciation for somebody's creativity, their imagination, their knowledge, and their talent.
0: But I am now stuck having watched that excerpt again. I am now stuck with wondering if I need bubbles coming out of the house for Christmas. (laughs) And I'm also intrigued by Phoebe's edible licorice room. I'm thinking, could you have a Christmas cookie room where all the furniture was made out of Christmas cookie?
1: I'm sure you could. Pretty sure I've seen that somewhere.
0: Yeah, so listeners, if any of you are planning that or have done that, let us know. We're interested. <laughs> we want to know. Tell me what it is that you love so much about a show that you that you have two of them.
1: My favorite day is probably Friday. I love when I walk into the ballroom for Philadelphia Miniaturia the only things in there are empty chairs, tables, and electric. And I think to myself, in a few hours, this place is going to be filled with people who are just going to be admiring other people's work. And then the hustle and bustle starts. Well, they're your people. That's basically what you're saying. They're your people. That's where you feel at home. Yeah, they're my miniature peeps. Right. <laughs> yes. And it just could take me away from real life for three days.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I know miniatures can be expensive,
1: but do you have kind of a range of prices? It is such a big range. I mean, you can buy things for as low as 25 cents and go up to 1000 thousand, two thousand $2,000 for a piece. Really depends on what you're looking for and what you fall in love with, what you need to have. Right, right.
0: Well, that's good to know that there's a range. What else do you want to tell us about it?
1: Just come check it out and come support your local miniaturists and your miniaturists from all over the world. We will have, as long as the borders open, people from South Africa, Germany, the UK, Italy, Spain, various places in Europe. Uh, We do have people coming from Canada. And then we have a new person coming from Taiwan this year, which I'm super excited about because I've never met her before. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Oh, that's so exciting
1: it is. And then we have our usual people who are there who are amazing and bring their best, best inventory with them. I'm just so excited.
0: That's really terrific. Because as wonderful as Etsy and and the internet is, there's something about holding it in your hand, you know, touching it, meeting the person in person who makes it, being around other people that you just can't duplicate.
1: Yes. And I always tell people, if you're really interested in something and you're kind of on the fence, talk to the dealer, ask them the questions that need to be asked. Ask them, what made you make this piece? What was your inspiration? And let listen to them and they'll have a story for you.
0: Yes. Well, it's been so much fun talking to you, Kathy, and I'm really excited to go to my first miniature show. I am so excited for you. I think it's a really neat thing you do to um, bring the miniature community together and to keep, you know, new products and new ideas in front of people.
1: Thank you. And I am super excited to have the show this year.
0: I'm so excited to share this with our listeners, some who have probably been and some who I hope will decide to go now.
1: Yes, me too. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this.
0: Uh, Well, it's been my pleasure and I learned a lot. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I love getting the scoop on Philadelphia Manchuria. And if you're thinking about going, message me on Instagram at dollhouse underscore flair. If you want to see the Friends episode we talked about, it's Season 3, Episode 20, titled The One with the Dollhouse. My next episode comes out June 29th, when I'll chat with best-selling author Elise Hooper. She writes historical fiction about fascinating women forgotten by history. She started working on miniatures, her great-grandmother's dollhouse to be exact, as research for her next book. So be sure to join me for that episode on June 29th. In the meantime, remember, there are no rules in your dollhouse except those you create for yourself. Bye!